Welcome to the Everton Army podcast. My name is John. I'm joined by Graham and Andrew. And there uh, we just thought we'd do a little Everton chat because we haven't done a pod this week since the, the derby. Um, and we'll look ahead to the Leeds game as well. So I just want to start with Seamus Coleman. He made his 400th Everton appearance against Liverpool. Um, and that got us asking, what is an Everton legend? Is Seamus Coleman an Everton legend? Um, Andrew, I'll start with you, mate. Is Seamus Coleman an Everton legend? I tend to think so. I know the discussion generally boils down to like, what's the difference between a cult hero and a legend? I think his time served is insane that that kind of thing does not happen, except if you're Harry Kane, I guess. Um, But I think his price tag has a lot to do with it. Obviously, you know, you've got the song, but that many appearances, that kind of leadership, that kind of devotion, and that kind of loyalty is a rare thing in today's game. So I think on that alone, he is a legend, even without the silverware that generally accompanies that statement. Yeah. I mean, for fuck's sake, Klopp called Origi a legend last year. It's like, all right, calm down. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's like asking if big dunks, a legend, mm. you know, yeah, he but- does have a trophy where, you know. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Like this is, you know, we and it sparked a really good debate on Twitter. Actually, um, a lot of people are saying no, he's not a legend because he hasn't won anything. A lot of people are saying he's in that Richarlison category where he's not quite a legend, but he's still a hero. Um, but I don't know, Graham. How do you feel, mate? Is Seamus Coleman an Everton legend? Yes or no? Well, just on that, I would say like Richarlison is an Everton hero, which is right there. But for me, yeah, and it's nothing to do with the Irish connection. Um, you look at service for the club, grew to be club captain, held the standards, regardless if anybody thinks they're good enough or if they're too poor or, you know, it's that same battle cry or whatever. You know, the guy, the guy bleeds blue. You know, he was a Manchester United fan in his youth and came and got a chance with Everton, instantly fell in love. He's had chances where there's been links. He stayed. 400 plus appearances. What else do you want if that doesn't constitute a legend? No, there's different forms of legend. There's cup winning legends. There's service legends, in my opinion. There are like you know, legendary status. Whenever you look at the greats of the game, there's all different tiers. You know, so look, everybody's going to have their own opinion on it, as with everything else, and that's fine. But purely in my opinion, and I believe you guys share it with me. Is, I would say Seamus Coleman is, is an Everton legend. You know, if if we really look at players, if, if you really pick five players of every decade for Everton, you know, you know, f- five going from the beginning, the whole way up there, you know, Col- Coleman's going to be on there. His, mm. his face is going to be on there. Like, so in my opinion, anyway, my humble opinion. So, yeah, um, I would definitely say he's an, an Everton legend. Because, well, ultimately, too, though, People constantly call Tim Cahill a legend. Yeah. You know, yeah. He, had more club, he had more clubs than Tiger Woods, realistically. Like, So, you know, he's been around, but what he gave, if his is built on passion, then why shouldn't Coleman's? Mm. You know, so, but again, we're not happy with things. Yeah. There is so much going on. And you know what? It's like, uh, you imagine just a cloud of barbarians floating around, fighting everything. Yeah. Like one of those animations and then, they just see something else over here, and they're like, "Oh, get that too!" You know, mm, yeah. just attacking anything that moves. Realistically, at the moment, you talk um, about Burnley. 
And well, let the Burnley fans go be on that, but um, but but ultimately, you know what I'm saying, you know. And mm. I'm in that, by the way, I'm in that too. I attack things every day. I lose my head over over the silliest things, and it's just passions because we're hurting. But yeah, I think Coleman will never get that recognition until he's gone. Like like most like most people, most things, you know, everybody hates what they have till it's gone, and 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 you find that most most of all and. In uh, in football, you know, there's no appreciation until you got it anymore. Like Lukaku, everybody, everybody was on Lukaku's back. He's lazy. He's fucking. What would every single person that called Lukaku fat and useless and everything else, you know, what would they do? They have him back in that team now. So yeah, well, that's the thing. I think another part of it is gone. Yeah, on the club's mismanagement of this situation has made that conversation harder. Because if yeah. Seamus had been phased out like Baines was, if there was a plan and good windows to get him a proper understudy, I think Coleman could have retired, maybe should have retired. Not that he's completely past it, but he yeah. definitely yeah. has limitations. If he could have retired last season or before, then I think he definitely would have that status much more in his favor yeah. than this. Yeah. You know, it's debate. like people are gunning for him because of his performance in the Derby. You know what? Sometimes some of the best players just don't turn up in the biggest games. It's happened through yeah. through, through, through the decades. And you know what? Seamus Coleman has never ever been really good in the Merseyside Derby. Mm. You know, in regards to that Derby too, just I dusted it off. It was a bit yeah. emotional. Dusted it off, and just off we go again. Um, I'm refusing to acknowledge it realistically, but yeah. you know, again, you say Leighton Baines didn't want anything with us. What a player! Everything, but yeah. to me. For me, he, he's an Everton legend. I absolutely mm. love him. And we grew up, like a lot of us are, us guys are the same age as these guys. They were living, they were living, living our dreams in the pitch, and yeah. especially guys like Baines and like Jack. That's why everyone resonated with Jack Gilk. You know, I can just speak for my age group. You know, I know I look, I know I look 24, but I'm actually in my mid <laughs> 30s. But, um, you know, we, we could all resonate with these guys. We knew their age and we could talk, and that was the best time that we could maybe speak about Everton, mm. you know, in the last how many years? So, no, again, just just when he's gone. I, we'll but in, yeah. in, regard, in regards to that, Derby, he's just had a poor game. He shouldn't be in there, and he's right. You know, he should have been phased out long ago. Yeah. He should be third choice, mm. or he should be a makeshift center half or, or like third choice right back realistically yeah. you know we brought patterson in and, and he's having to cover patterson because of his injuries yeah well he's in his third long-term injury since signing a year ago so we're going to need another right back if, if he's going to keep breaking down his ankle seems chopped and knee because i think yeah. they're all on the one leg i could be wrong but i'm just going to guess it yeah well that's the thing as well as, as you mentioned before like and a lot of people you know, watch Everton now are the younger generation. Um, so they they haven't seen us win things. So to them, a legend is different. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. How many players get to surpass four hundred games for Everton? It's it's not a lot. Like so, um, for me, he is an Everton legend. But I can understand those old, especially the older ones who who think he's not. When you compare him to some of the greats in the eighties and what have you, but. You know, it's it's fair enough. It's fair enough. Um, but it, you know, the same could have been said as Andrew said with Lukaku. You know, if we went on and we'd have won that FA Cup, right, with Lukaku when Martinez was here, 
would then Lukaku be an Everton legend? Yeah. He didn't have 400 well, games, but he would have won something. One penalty away from potentially all being legends. Then yeah. if that's the case. And yeah, that's it. This means there's fewer legends in the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fantastic achievement, 400 games, and he's still going. He's still going. It's just incredible. Um, I'll move on to some injury news then. So Sean Dyche confirmed today that Dominic Calvert-Lewin won't play against Leeds. Um, we thought he might play against Liverpool with the mind games, and we thought he might throw him in last minute and stuff, but wasn't the case. Um, we've seen Sims get a start, and for me, he did okay. It's not fair on him. Um, it's it's completely unfair on him, but looking ahead to Leeds then, a lot of people are saying, well, you'd put Damari Gray up front with maybe Neil Mopai. Um I personally think you've got to go with Sims again because I think it's it's damaging for him if you don't throw him straight back in. Um, and I know we we talk about managers being tough and making decisions like that, but I think it would be good for the lad. We don't know what he's capable of just yet. So, um, anyway, Gray, I'll start with you on this one, mate. What would you do against Leeds up front? Well, with all due respect, the Ellis Sims, my club's status is bigger than him. No disrespect him, so I wouldn't just put him in for the sake of I get what you're saying, John. I'm not coming at you by any means. I just mean like it has to be the right team for Leeds. It can't be just no, I have course, to stick yeah. to him. I don't need problem. I get that. And I know that's not what you meant, but I thought I'd just mm. throw you under a bus anyway. Um, just because everyone was saying know. he's not ready. He's clearly he's clearly not up to this level. Yeah, but, but what makes know. him ready for Leeds? You know what I mean? I get, I get that it's a baptism of fire. And you know what? He probably learned a lot more in that 60 minutes the other night than maybe he did in his entire time at Sunderland. So I get that. It's about what he puts in this weekend, if he can earn it. But for me, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan, although we haven't utilised him well. We've, we've stressed that enough. But even at that, I think I'm just going to have to go for Neil Mopay, purely for the reason that he, he's, a, he's a striker. You know, he's a, he's a Premier League striker. He's delivered, what was it, last few seasons? He got near 12 so there has to be something on there. Now it's up to Daesh to find a way for that to work. Um, the jury's out on that, and that's a whole other kettle of fish, realistically. But yeah, um, bearing in mind we, we are at home as well. So would you be tempted to go with two up top, maybe him and Gray, perhaps? I have no clue. Look, a- Andrew, Andrew ranted it in the last pod. You know what? And it was it was one I could have been proud of myself. Um, basically. <laughs> I even think I mentioned it before. I have no trust in these players. They're so yeah. Jekyll and Hyde. Um, they're, you just don't know what you're going to get. They're so, so fucking inconsistent. Mm. But I can't do it. I, I physically just feel like I can't do it anymore. I yeah. can't just, like, bagging it up, you know, just bagging it up. Like, I was I was one of the people that was dumb enough to, to get emotional enough to think, you know what, we might be able to get at these, you know. Mm. And, uh, you know... They just they just turn up and do that. Heads are gone. Again, it comes to the rot in this club. They they probably wouldn't capitulate this way at any other fucking club. There's yeah. something that the Hajik split curse is fucking doing all of a sudden. <laughs> so bad. It really is. Mm. But um yeah, I think we'll go with that. Um I think it will be. He's been stinking the house out. It would probably hook him, you know. Yeah. Um 
I'll probably hook him and, and, and put, put Gray on the right. I'm in, I'm in McNeil. I can't believe I'm saying that. They interchange wings. Um, but then in the same breath, I would just go for the same team. I could see why the same team might work with, with Ellis Sims up front. Mm. I home if they'd been working, you know, because ultimately, as I say, the baptism of fire at Anfield, well, he could be sitting all week with, here's what you did wrong on a, on a screen every day, yeah. two hours. Let's analyze your game. Let's see what you have to do better. Right, go out to training now, and I mm. want you to work on that. You know what? He's been talking a lot about fast-tracking. You heard in his press conference today, everything, this can't be fast-tracked, that can be fa- fast-tracked. You can isolate a, a competent footballer's game, fast-tracking. He did it with most of the team against Arsenal. Yeah. So who's to say, instead of just one on a header and, and just nodding it into anywhere, get that extra step, be more physical, and nod, nod the ball back in front of you because when Anna's going to be pushing up higher on you to collect that ball. Yeah. We used to say that. You know, so I just don't know. And I just, I do care, but I just don't trust them. Mm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. It's a worry. Whatever, yeah. really. <laughs> um, Andrew, what about you, mate? Dominic Calvert-Lewin, um, what would you do in this situation? Sack the board. Yeah. Sorry, what are we talking about? Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> he's hurt because of the board's mismanagement. It, mm. Like, he's a symptom, not the disease. And the fact that we didn't have cover for him forever after Richie led to yeah. this never ending series of injuries. Yeah. So I feel horrible for him. I don't think he lacks desire. Mm. Um, his extra, extracurriculars are their own thing. Yeah. He's always in the gym. He's always working hard. I remember when he got his call up, they he won like so many contests um, mm-hmm. at the uh, England squad training games, whatever it was. But I would say use Gray as a super sub um, in this case. I mean, super sub, like we'll say 73 minutes mm-hmm. um, because they only conceded to United late on. That's when they started getting sloppy. And that's something that has been a holdover from Bielsa and Marsh. They were pretty solid, and I'm scared of what they'll do at the start of the second half because it's just, you know, the five minutes on both sides of halftime are our absolute kryptonite. So I would like to see him come on and start to wreak havoc late in the game. And as far as Sims up front versus Mope, um, I would say start Sims uh, with Goodison. I think he might get a boost out of that. He might get that yeah. lift. And yeah. then let Mopai be a complete little shithouse again mm. and maybe distract from what Gray's doing on the break. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because we had a couple of chances against Arsenal um, two weeks back. We put some nice crosses into the box. And Sims could have done something with one of those crosses. I'm not I'm not saying he's the answer by all by any means, but yeah. surely he's got to, you know, provide more in that situation than Decore, who's being told to run up there or Mopai. Um so I, I I would like to see Sims again. Um we don't know what he's capable of yet. We just don't know. Damari Gray, I feel like you can only play him on the left. I, I feel like he's he doesn't do anything when he's on the right. Um and then McNeil, I feel like again, he's only effective on the left. He doesn't do anything on the right. Um so you've got a conundrum on the right hand side there. So I, I don't know. I mean, Dyche has got his work cut out, actually. Um, 
with the yeah. way Leeds play, I, I feel like Iwobi still needs to be in there for his off the ball work. Mm. Like he's been definitely off it on the ball, yeah. but his work rate is still very, very high. And I think we'll need that. Yeah, no, that's true. We take him back on that. That's just frustrations, though. I'm just, I'm just scunnered with him. We, yeah. we are better, in my opinion, with Iwobi in, but at the same time, some of them guys just need to know that they're not untouchable. Yeah, no, it's just our squad is shallow as a puddle, so. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's, that's being generous, yeah, so. Mm. Yeah, but again, just typical bit of board bashing. Now the boards just let the fans down again, mm. let all their managers down. Just shite, just absolutely shite, realistically, yeah. let's face it. Um, it is. Again, it, it just feels like ostrich syndrome, you know what I mean? Just heads are buried in the ground and mm. just think, oh, it's fine, you know. The audacity as well. They go to go to away grounds. They watch a game. They are going to Goodison, you know, praying that it actually, you know, you know, like it's as if they're jumping off the roof of a house and expecting that you know people will start believing that they'll fly the next time, the next time, and you know, and just thinking some miracle is going to happen because they're just staying away from Goodison, thinking that it's going to just put a tent on the fans. Mm. Honestly, there's no other reason they're doing it. They can't face up. They protest. Yeah, and they can't back the club that they're supposed to be running, that they're feeding, <laughs> feeding themselves, like in the most gross manner financially, just from it because they just want their paydays. That's all they're concerned about. Yeah, they're not. Well, I, yeah. I, I honestly, I'm past the point where I think they're worried about the legacy of this football club. Hmm. They're yeah. basically Tories. They're just getting what they can now before they have to get out. Honestly, yeah, yeah. So that's Speaking what it feels like. Feels like that. Um, because it's like public office when you take over any sort of board position at a premier league club or any football club really in general outside the u.s you are agreeing to take on that feedback both good and bad it is just like public office Mm. yeah like you see it all the time so we beat arsenal and then all of a sudden they're wheeling out james tarkovsky and and dwight mcneil in the interviews and all this other shit my phone's getting fucking hammered with everything this everything that we did do you forget where we are? Get mm. out of the studio. Get into training. Stop trying to milk it and, and butter us up. Nobody wants yeah. Yeah. a protest before a game. People have families. People don't want to protest after a game. Mm. They want to sit with their mates and discuss what they enjoy about football, how that game went and stuff. I'm just fucking sick of it. I really am. And I'm not yeah. even overdoing it. Well, being a few weeks, but I'm not over at the man of doing it. <laughs> do you know what yeah. I'm, But do you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. if I can't enjoy my football, what must that be like for for someone who's living at ground zero? Yeah, I, I would ne- I would never forgive or sorry forgive that's the wrong word forgive me. Um, I would I would never just you know accept and, and think it was acceptable for like you know people chasing cars and this that and the other, but they're in the boiling pot. You know, this is where this we we are coiled coil like a spring ready to explode. Mm-hmm. As a fan base, just with frustration, not with anything else, because everything, everything's been peaceful and it'll continue to be so. I believe in that. But Jesus Christ. Yeah. So ultimately that, that all goes back to yeah, the board didn't get a striker, wangers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's funny because Dyfe has actually asked about this in the press conference. Um yeah, that's she with us. We're gonna yeah, I had yeah. this. Well, this is what he said. He said they're just trying to get across their points. They've been fantastic about the team and me being here. That's all we can ask for. They still have a right to voice. I certainly haven't got a problem with that. 
Um, I think not that, but sorry. Will one stage out after that? That's not the bit I have a problem with realistically. That's I'm just saying the fans do what they want and please keep on side with us and keep your frustrations elsewhere because that gives Dice a game or two more before yeah. the pressure comes his way, which probably will be inevitable. But I, I mean a case of just it offended the club not having something. He didn't speak up. Now he's a football man. Yeah. And he speaks regardless of how he sounds or what you think of him or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can tell he you know, eats, sleeps, and shits the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I get that they're your employers, but there has to be a tactical way that you can come around and say, yeah, there has been failings in the past. Mm. You know, it was brought up then by that reporter saying, you know, in the past and stuff too, with right back and all that there. Why not just say, yeah, there has been, you know, for this, that, no, but he just defended it. I had issue with that. I was just like, why are you defending that? You well, know, that, yeah. regardless of football ethics, because if you were in talk sport with Simon Jordan, unemployed, you'd mm-hmm. have you'd have absolutely explained what should have happened there in seconds. So for yeah. me, I get that you're you're in a job. I wouldn't even be surprised if he's had to sign something because in regards to this club's dealings and mm-hmm. every other fucking person that's left the club, they've had to sign a, a non-disclosure agreement. So yeah. I suppose he just started winning them out at the start, but um, yeah, yeah. I actually, I said that at the beginning. Of, sorry, mate. When he first got the job, his first interview was, "I feel like we've got a good squad here." That to me yeah, was a huge it. red flag. Yeah, shocking. Yeah. Um, well, we know that the FA have charged us and Liverpool, and we've got another. This we've got more charges than points this season. Um, for all the handbags that were flying around on the touchline in the Merseyside derby, Andrew. Um, what can we say about that, mate? It's just, it's getting silly. Same old, where, same old. I think... Yeah. Where, where was that fight in the game? What's up? Yeah. Where was that fight in the game? Oh, yeah. 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 Sorry, what were you going to say, Andrew? I cut you off. Oh, no, it was um, just with uh, the charges. I feel like we're going to see more of these minimal like they call them misdemeanors here i'm not sure what they're called in the uk mm. but i think you're going to see more misdemeanor level charges to make it seem fair while they've got the felony case with city if that analogy yeah. makes yeah. any sense certainly does yeah. yeah well the fa a shit so won't um, seem like they're bullying <laughs> well that's it mate yeah must get that painted on me we love them all. The <laughs> FA are uh, shit, John. <laughs> 2023. <laughs> um, yeah, just looking ahead to the Leeds game then, and Connor Cody is another one that's been mentioned quite a bit. Um, there's a reason why we haven't bought him, although we don't know what that reason is. Are we skint? Is it because Thelwell might prefer Branthwaite in the future, If you know, and, and Dice ultimately would prefer Branthwaite? We don't know, but Connor Cody hasn't been bought and we didn't take that option in January. Um, but he's been under a bit of criticism lately for his performances. Everyone's saying they've been subpar. Um, I personally think we should have played Mina in the derby. I don't think it would have made a huge difference other than just to wind somebody up. Um, Graham, what what's your thoughts on Connor Cody? Does he need a rest? I think the meanest shouts, they're fine in hindsight. I don't think anybody had issue with it going into the derby, realistically. Um, in regards to buying them, I always think that that option to buy was at the end of the season. So I suppose it's, we don't even know if we're going to still be in this league. So 
why yeah. would he even sit down with us, regardless of if, if he can live five minutes from the training ground? Yeah. Um, the, the difference is there, and players want to play the highest level. Hmm. Um, I don't think before the derby I would have I hooked him. He, he sort of went a wee bit backwards. It was not that long ago he was getting his vital goals and and being a vital centre-half for us, that's true. But if you're going by merit and by performance... Yeah, if there's options, which there are quality options, mm-hmm. i.e. Yerry Mina being much better. And like it or not, Dice is a keen man. So yep. you could see this as the opportunity. They, they changed that team, delivered once, and then, then going by Dice's words, mm. he's basically written off that result because we've got three points out of a potential six that were realistically, if we got two, was apparently the acceptable number. So mm. um, I don't know. They they have a good chemistry. They have a good balance about them. They lack they extremely lack pace. Um, Connor Cody is not the the target the, the painful target that I would like to hit in that defence yeah. realistically in more than one ways. Mm. Um, if I'm being honest, um, I'm only joking. I'm not that violent. Um, I think Michelenko needs looking at seriously. Um, yep. Dare I say, put in. You know, there's only one person who can come on and do that job at left back, I think, and really sure us up. Andrew knows who's that, who's, who that is, and it's Vinagre, let's face it, because there's no one else. Oh. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> no, realistically, if Vinagre can't get in this team, just send him packing. Mm. Um, I would stick Ben Godfrey in and just, just lock it up. Just lock it up, and you're losing that asset. But realistic, no, that asset of a left winger putting the or sorry, a left fullback um, overlapping, they they put across him. But Michelangelo doesn't do that. He's terrified on his left foot. So um, I just just don't see it. I've said it from early on. He's no I have. I'm just not a fan. He just keeps getting worse. I'd rather be proved wrong. I'm not yeah. saying I'm right or anything, but in my opinion, I am, and I just don't think he's up to the standard. Um, I just think, get Godfrey in there. He can play fullback. Tell McNeil, you are tracking back because the real realism is Ben Godfrey is going to come across as a sweeper. Would I replace Cody now with Yerry Mina? Yes, I would. He's leaving at the end of the season. Fuck it. Use the dates, broke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Put him on. If he breaks well, down, back wow. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So might as well do that. In regards to Seamus Coleman, Darby was an off day. He was fantastic against Arsenal. Mm-hmm. We're asking him to do too much. Ask him once more. If he's not able and you want to accommodate it and you want the energy in the team, put Alex Iwobi at right back. Put Demar Gray at right, uh, right wing. I don't think he likes Colgate. I you know I like Colgate. I think Colgate's a very competent defender in regards of Godfrey, uh, that whole Godfrey Holgate uh, King debate. I think I think I think the best all round defender is Holgate, in my personal opinion. Yeah, um, but he is capable of some crazy moments too. So, no, I, th- I think he can lock down one side, you know, and not be attacking. I just don't think he could do it and, and go that Ancelotti for centre back thing at the back. It, that was a one off. That was a one off, yeah. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Ancelotti knew how to get these guys to express themselves, and that was a team as well that that included Calvert Lewin and Richardson, and they were putting. Yeah, a lot of my and Hamas and stuff too. Well, Hamas when he was there, let's face it. You know, more youthful Abdullah the Corey with legs in there. You had, a, you had an Alan 
who could work on their inside as well. I think that would be too much to change up for Sean Dice. Just my opinion. Don't shoot me down. But um, I just think, yeah, if you were going to do that, because if Wobby was pushing more, Godfrey could come across, the team could pivot, and then you sort of could break into like three at the back with that with that pace and Godfrey. So I think Godfrey's the competent one. Godfrey and I am, personally, I know I don't give him much, but I'm going to give him some because he needs to learn to defend. He has every single thing in his locker. It's not that he can't defend, but he's just so... It, it just needs tune so much. You know mm. what I mean? He's got there's a, all the physical He just doesn't have the anticipation. We can't keep carrying it, so he needs to deliver. So pull your socks up and, and get out there and do it. But again, it's well our dash wants that. Ben Goffrey playing left back is Ancelotti. You know, we've had a couple of managers since then. We haven't put him in there. I think once he went in under Benitez mm. at Arsenal. Yeah. Nearly broke about four legs. So get that boy back in. I'll have that all day. So until he broke his own leg, it's right. Yeah. Because of his own mistake against <laughs> Chelsea. Sorry, Andrew, just saying. Yeah. That's him all he's, he's a man mountain and he's extremely handsome. So I get him in. Something the only like thing that can hurt Ben Godfrey is Ben Godfrey. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Andrew, just with the kind of code, do you think, do you think, He's being found out in a four at the back, or do you think it's just a bit of a slump in form? I think it's a slump in form because we saw him in a four at the back and in a three, like when Lampard decided to go defensive. Mm. He did well many times in a couple of different setups. Yeah. And did poorly, just like all of our other players do mm. over 50% of the time. He's not as good as I thought he was, Yeah, but he's still good enough to be a regular starter. I also kind of think, uh, and this is me being very assumptive here, that since we got the three points at Arsenal, mm-hmm. Mina was a sitter for Liverpool because it was basically a free hit at that point. Yeah, Like we said on the last show, anybody offers you two points from those last two fixtures, mm-hmm. you take it all day. It just hurt at the time because of how bad we looked mm-hmm. at Liverpool. But the end result is we got three points from those two fixtures. So yeah, sit Mina because we're probably not going to win at Anfield. Yeah. And I think he'll be useful at Leeds, you know, sorry, against Leeds Mm -hmm. if we decide to. Yeah. Well, they are a team that loves, you know, shithousery, to put it lightly. Um, And they will do it. They will give it back. So you need someone who's who's able to deal with that. Um, Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. If Tyler Adams goes into Yerry Mina's legs, that's it. That's just (laughs) two socks full of gravel instead of shins. Thank you. At that point, it's still nil nil. Bamford, Bamford sort of has had nearly the same trajectory and, and downfall as Calvert Lewin. And Bamford's back in now for Leeds and he's not scoring. Mm. He's won all season or one. I think it is one. I think it's for the same. And Bamford's busy. Mm. He's, up for the, he's up for a fight. Like, oh, yeah. You know, and then you've got Harrison buzzing around him and stuff. So I, I, I really do. Sorry, mate. Well, they're just going to say the young lad. You've got a uh, Wilfred Nantu on on the wing. He's uh, a yeah. Italian lad. He's very exciting. He'll give yeah. Seamus Coleman a handful. But but then Coleman experience ex- well, his experience should put him in the right position that extra yard or two. So not going to worry about that again. Patterson's coming back. Dice is they play an under twenty ones game this week. Him and Garner. Mm-hmm. So you know they're almost there, but. Um, again, does he just come straight back in for the cold? And then he can't, he comes in flat footed because he's very suspect with the ball in behind. Yeah. So it's where, but in, in regards to those, 
sort of attacking too, Harrison and Bamford. I would maybe want Gary Mina back, Gary Mina in just for uh, that battle. Remember, he, he, he Bamford absolutely wound up as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, I would have Mina in for that. Just time to shake it up, use your squad. If you had everybody in who wasn't playing and you're saying in the press conference that you're the heartbeat, you are the difference, be ready. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that says there's changes coming, personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hope, I hope he I hope he isn't because he's fucking brilliant wide up merchant. He'll get good as in rocking, mm. especially if he gets Bamford biting at him again. Yeah. So yeah, um, I'll have that all day. Yeah, and just before we go, I just want to uh, touch on something that Andrew mentioned earlier. It's obviously, the point that we, you know, we we'd have taken three points before those two games, um, and a lot of people on Twitter and and other people, other fans and friends as well, are saying to me, well hang on a minute, we shouldn't be settling for that even at this point. Like, But it just shows you like where we are at this point. We we think that's a good return. And and it is based on where we are, but that just shows you how low that we've fallen and you know how far we've fallen, um, that we're willing to accept that. Like when you're saying a free hit, a lot of people were, were getting mad on Twitter saying a free hit, we should be trying to win that one as well. But that's not the case, is it? No, it's the context. Like you got league leaders at home, but still a very, very fucking good arsenal. Mm. And then away at Anfield where we are statistically hilarious. So yeah, I'll take three from that. It's just, I was very miserable with the way that it happened at Anfield. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So on that note, uh, we'll, we'll leave that one there and hopefully we can get a decent result against Leeds and, kickstart the second half of our season after the Arsenal game because the derby doesn't count um, so yeah, Andrew, Graham thank you so much for joining me and uh, we'll see you in the next one Now it's time for a quick word about our sponsor Manscaped, big thank you to the guys over at manscaped.com for sending some products for us to check out Manscaped are the best in the business when it comes to men's below the waist grooming products. I can tell you from my own personal experience, I've used it on my beard actually, and I'm blown away by how cool and how good this lawnmower 4.0 is. You really do make precision engineered tools for your family jewels. And it basically looks like an F117 stealth bomber for your balls. It looks that good and comes with its own little wireless charging stand, which looks like something Batman would use. So yeah, it's pretty sick. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived and it's a game changer. Inside you'll find a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker for your ears and nose, crop reserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxes and the travel bag to hold all that good stuff. The ball deodorant especially guys is an absolute game changer by the way, you need it, trust me. The lawnmower 4.0 is the future of grooming and it's waterproof. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology the lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4000k led spotlight if you need a more precise shave the performance package 4.0 also includes the weed whacker nose and ear and ear trimmer and the weed whacker is also waterproof and also has manscaped skin safe technology as well which helps reduce nicks snags and tugs in those delicate nose holes the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, your balls will thank you. 
Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their performance package 4.0, the Manscaped box, boxes and travel bag. It's time to take care of yourself, so join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. Get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code EAW20 at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Everton Aren't We podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with your blue friends and family. And don't forget to rate, subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us out as we build this thing up. You can always catch us on Twitter by searching for at EAWpodcast. And if you have anything else you'd like to discuss, you can reach us via email at EAWpodcast at gmail.com.